0: Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. We're beginning a brand new teaching series titled Knock Knock, When the Devil's at Your Door. And I am doing my very best to create a security system for your soul so that the devil cannot steal, kill, or destroy anything in your life. It is my job as your pastor to protect you. It is my job as your pastor to teach you through the tactics of the enemy. As real as heaven is, hell is also. And as real as Jesus is, the devil is also. As real as angels are, demons are also. And so this is not a a, a one-sided church. We recognize that there is an enemy that has plans for you that do not line up with God's plans for you. So it is my job to help protect the flock from this from the one who wants to steal, kill and destroy. So as we look over the next several weeks over the devil's tactics and the different names that he gets in scripture, we're going to start with thief today. The Bible says in John chapter 10 beginning in verse 9 says, "Yes, I am the gate." Another word for gate is door, Jesus speaking. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. I'm so grateful for a God who sent his son that set us free. That way we can come and go freely. In abundance to green grass and green pastures. The so, the 23rd Psalm says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That's all he wants for you. That's all he knows for you is green pastures, and even confirms it in the New Testament in John chapter 10. Now, what's the purpose of the thief? He actually explains the devil's purpose. Thanks be to God that we at least know what his purpose is. The thief's purpose is to steal And kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. We have polarizing purposes. And if we let the devil get a foothold, we will not have the rich and satisfying life that only comes from following the good shepherd, which whose gate is freely open to us. He even confirms that in verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep are you grateful for the good shepherd are you grateful that we serve a God who sent his son that doesn't just leave us at a distance but instead allows us to freely come in and out to green pastures I'd like to preach to you today from the subject who's there who's there who's there let's pray father we worship you in spirit and in truth we celebrate lives that have been changed and transformed. We celebrate all that you are doing and all that you have done. It's a privilege and an honor to be a part of a church that saw so many saved and now seeing so many water baptized. What a privilege. May this never get old. May we never get used to this. It is sacred ground, holy ground, and we honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. At both of our locations today, there are three probably different types of people present depending on how you grew up. There is the first kind of person that probably grew up uh, in uh, an older time period where uh, you didn't even care about locking your door. Do You remember this time period when you were not worried about locking your door? Uh, You would come in and go out, and there was never, you didn't even have keys to your house. You said, I ain't got no keys in my house. I don't need keys to my house. The door is always unlocked. That's my kind of living, right? Uh, To live in in such confidence, in such country acreage, that I ain't worried about nobody coming up into my house because if they come up into my house, they know what they will find. You know what I'm saying? So that's how some of you grew up. You're like, yeah, we didn't use uh, keys, we didn't need keys. It was just the sound of the 12-gauge that Dad had behind the door that would stop anybody from coming in. You know? Then there's the, the, um, the group of people that grew up maybe um, knowing, uh, locking it occasionally, having a set of keys, but it wasn't really that big of a deal, but you did lock your door. You, you thought, this is a good layer of safety and security for my home, and so therefore I will lock my door. And then at both of our locations, there are people who get 12,000 notifications on their uh, doorbell, their ring digital doorbell. Every time a hummingbird farts near your door... You get, you get a notification, and you freak out. I, I know there's three types of people, those who don't lock their door, those who do lock their door, door, and then those who know who's walking on the sidewalk in front of their house, not even close to their door, and all of them are right, and all of us know that one thing changes how we treat locks, and that is when you get robbed. When you get robbed, everything changes. When you get robbed, what you thought was okay instantly becomes violated, and now you see things through a different perspective. Have you ever been robbed before? It's not fun being robbed. It's not fun being having something stolen out of your car. It's not something having. It's not fun having fi- coming home to find you, your house was broken into. It is not fun to 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 be held up uh, at, at gunpoint or knife point. My father has been held up at knife point before while leaving a pharmacy with some prescription drugs that this person wanted. It is not fun. It will forever change the way that you see security when you get something stolen from you. As a matter of fact, uh, just a couple of months ago, something was taken from my car. And um, partially my fault. You'd be like, Pastor, you should have locked your doors. My doors were not were not locked. It was here on this property. And so I figured, ain't nobody coming back here to this, you know, backwoods country church that's in the middle of nowhere. It looks very sketchy. And sure enough, when I went to check for this thing that was very valuable to me, it was gone out of my center console. And... Uh, it's not fun. I lock my car now every every time. Even if I'm just running in real quick, I'm going to lock my car. Because when you get robbed, something changes you. And the devil's design is to try to rob you. The devil's design is to try to keep you thinking that everything God has for you is going to be stolen from you. So you can't enjoy it. You must protect it. You can't enjoy the blessed life because I have to protect this blessed life. And, you know, whenever you get robbed in your house, in in a second, you start hearing little things and every squirrel becomes a, a thief. Every notification on the ring doorbell becomes a potential intruder. Those, that's not the Amazon guy. I know what my Amazon guy looks like. That's a thief. And you get conditioned to check the door. You get conditioned to always be notified. You get conditioned to always think that, that the devil is at your door. And we ask ourselves all the time, who's at the door? Whenever we hear knocking or a doorbell, we say, who's there? But I want to let you know that we're asking the wrong question. Instead of asking who's at the door and living our lives as if the devil was going to come after us every moment of every day, I'd like to propose to you that we start proclaiming instead of asking who's at the door, we start proclaiming, my God is the door. He is the gate. And when Jesus becomes the gate, the devil cannot have access to everything he has for you. He himself said, I am the gate. Those who come through me can come freely in and out. They have full access. So when the devil tries to steal, understand that he has to go through the security system of your Savior. That's good preaching, Pastor. At our Apex campus, this is when you should be clapping right now. Not who's there. But instead, he is the door. <laughs> oh, that's good preaching right there. Because some of us have always been worried about when the devil's going to come against us. But instead, we should live by faith knowing that he is the door. And when he is the door, the devil cannot take anything. Because he cannot get past the very threshold that is Jesus. Jesus is the gate. Not only is he the door. He gave his life for you, is what he says. A shepherd will give his life for the sheep. He is the ultimate protector. He is the ultimate savior. He is the ultimate system for your security where you don't have to live in wondering or doubt anymore. But we fall into these patterns. We've been asking who's at the door, but I came to remind you that he is the door. And there are four things that the devil tries to steal. And I want to remind you these four things the devil cannot have. But I talk to people all the time in counseling and in meetings where they say, I've lost these four things. And I want to remind you that these four things do not belong to the devil. And if he's tried to steal them, we are going to redeem them. We are going to restore them. And we are going to put in a brand new door that is Jesus. The first thing is this is peace. The thief of peace is no match for the prince of peace. The thief of peace is no match for the prince of peace. It says in John fourteen twenty seven: peace I leave with you. He didn't take peace with him when he went up to heaven. <laughs> My peace I give to you. Not as the world. I'm not talking about CBD type peace. I'm not talking about a, a chiropractor type peace. I, I, I'm not talking about worldly peace. He says, I'm not talking as not as the world gives due, I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. He says, you don't have to worry about anything because I am the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. Pastor, the devil's been trying to steal my peace. He cannot steal your peace if Jesus is the prince of it. Some of you have a peasant view of peace. That's what the devil tries to steal. But when you get a prince view of peace, it's royalty. And no one can steal from royalty. See, when he's the prince, he's protected. Have you ever tried to get into the White House before? Have you ever tried to get into a palace, Buckingham Palace in in England? Have you ever tried to get in any castle? Why? Royalty is protected at a level that the peasants are not protected. But many of you are asking God for a peasant level of peace while he's trying to dish out a prince level of peace. It's easy to steal peace from a child, but it is so hard to steal peace from a prince. It layers upon layers of security, and he reminds us that he is the Prince of Peace. And so the thief of peace is no match for the Prince of Peace. This, this should remind you that when you walk through the threshold of a, an attack, when you walk through the threshold of a, of a, of a season that is, that is challenging and, and, and trials and tribulations, this should remind you that you don't just get peace from the outside, but instead you get peace from the inside. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. Peace does not come from the outside. Peace comes from the inside. So no matter what happens around me, I have the Prince of Peace in me. So the devil cannot take from me that which I do not give him access to. And he can't get through the door because Jesus himself, the Prince of Peace, is the door. (laughs) peace i leave with you peace i give to you not the kind of peace that the world has but the kind of peace that can only come from jesus i want you to have peace man so much anxiety in the world so much anxious people without peace and i want to let you know we don't serve the peasant of peace we serve the prince of peace And it's protected by the royal saviors. It's protected by the royal servants. It's protected by by the... I mean, you can't get into the White House. You could try your best to get in. You can't get into the Buckingham Palace. Why? You don't have access. The devil doesn't have access to where the Prince of Peace lives. And if the Prince of Peace is in your life, you don't rob from royalty. You'd be really dumb to try to make a heist where the prince lives. You'd be really, really ignorant to try to rob something from someone that has royalty on them because they're always protected. I was reading this article this week about uh, the secret service, and they're assigned to every living president for the rest of their life. So every living president has full-time secret service at all times. So not only can you not get access to the president while he's the president... You can't get access to the president until he dies (laughs) because he's always protected. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He was the Prince of Peace, and he will be the Prince of Peace for eternity. Therefore, he is protected forever. And so when he tries to take from you that which already belongs to you, when the devil tries to steal something from you, you just remind him, hey, uh, you are in uh, royal rooms. You aren't allowed in this room. White House, this castle, this palace, you are not allowed in here because you came through the door that is Jesus. He is the gate, He is the door. And so when the devil's at your door, just remind him that he doesn't have to go to you first. He has to first go through the Prince of Peace. And I speak peace over your life. I I, I speak rest and I speak uh, all anxiety and all racing mind thoughts. You've lost sleep this past year, too much sleep. I, as your priest and as your pastor from the Lord, I, I give you peace. Peace that passes what the Bible says, all understanding. So it doesn't make void of the unknowns in your life. It just simply gives you peace when there are unknowns in your life. It doesn't, it doesn't wipe away the unknowns. It simply gives you peace as the foundation for everything you go through that is unknown. Jesus is the door, and he's also the prince of peace. And the prince of peace is always going to beat up on the thief of peace. He came to to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's not taking my peace. He's not taking my peace. Uh, The next thing is this, is the thief of my thoughts is no match for the one who renews my mind. The thief of my thoughts is no match for the one who renews my mind. Romans twelve. Two says, do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So we know that God wants us to live a rich and satisfying life. We also know that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Don't you love a loving God? Like these characteristics of God are so strong. Like these are, we serve a loving God, a God that wants what's best for us, not the worst for us. Like he's not here to punish us or condemn us. It says rich and satisfying life in what we read at the beginning. Then it says here that he has a good, pleasing, and perfect will for us if we allow him to renew our mind. A lot of times we give access to the devil to our mind and Christ is trying to renew it and we're trying to find God's perfect, pleasing, and goodwill but we can't find it because our mind is not renewed. There is a book by Joyce Meyer, she calls it The Battlefield of the Mind. If you learn to renew your thoughts, I promise you your life will change. I I, I love it because Christ gave us the ability to renew our minds That means I don't have to think as I used to. I can think in a new way. I can now think renewed thoughts. And when you think renewed thoughts, you become a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But a lot of you are thinking like your dad thought. You're thinking like your mom thought. You're thinking like you were taught. You're thinking like the environment that you grew up in. You're thinking like the context that you currently live in. And you have to allow Christ to elevate your thinking to a place of more understanding and wisdom because that's where his good, pleasing, and perfect will are at. If I only allowed the thoughts that I had about this church when I was 23 years old, to dictate my decisions. I would have never taken the faith step to pack everything up into a budget box truck and move here with no promise of anything, but I allowed Christ to paint a prophetic picture and he put you on our minds. When you elevate your thinking, you elevate your life. When you, when you proclaim the goodness of God and the peace of God and you renew your mind, it changes your life. It's, when I drive around town, I'm not complaining about where I'm at. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not bickering about where I'm at. Instead, I'm saying, God, elevate my thinking to where you see me. Elevate, Renew my mind today, God. I'm not going to let the devil try to, to attack me. I'm not going to let fear take a hold of me. I'm not going to let anxiety or depression. I'm not going to let external circumstances that I cannot change dictate my mind that you can renew. I just want to encourage you today, when you wake up in the morning, uh, your phone should not be the first device that grabs a hold of you, because it will take you down a, a black hole of thinking that will not elevate your thinking or your thoughts. Instead, let the, let the word of God be the lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path. Let, let the voice of God, listen for the voice of God. Renew, how do I renew my mind? Turn off the radio, turn off the TV, turn off whatever devices are keeping you, you anxious and short of breath. And instead, ask for the peace that passes all understanding and for Christ to renew your mind. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I just ride in silence. I just ask God, God, renew my mind. Before I allow any information, I need transformation. If I'm going to have information, I first have to be transformed. It's, it's amazing to me how many of us allow the news cycle to dictate our thought cycle. It's amazing to me how my mind will race if I read the wrong article right before I go to bed. How my blood will boil if I read the wrong thing before I go to bed. Why? Because it's putting the wrong thoughts. And the devil will try to steal your thoughts because he knows that that's what Christ wants to renew. He wants to renew those. The third thing is this, is that the thief of my strength is no match for the one who is my shield. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 28, 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and shield. (laughs) You have to be strong to hold up a shield. So he said, I'm not just going to make you hold me up as your shield. I'm also going to be your strength. I trust in him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. You want to know what will make the devil mad and what will expose the strength of the Lord in your life is when you start singing when you should not be singing when you start praising when you shouldn't be praising. When you start worshiping when you get the bad report. When you start, uh, John, are you ready? When you start worshiping when, when you get the bad report, that's when you should start praising. I want to encourage you right now. You should start praising the Lord. I don't know what you came in here with, but you should go ahead and clap your hands. He says, I burst out with songs of thanksgiving. I burst out. The Lord is my strength and my shield. He helps me. He is my strength. If you have Jesus and you feel weak, remind yourself not where your strength is, but who your strength is. It doesn't come from an external source. It is already in the person of Jesus. Strength is in the person of Jesus. The same power that raised Christ from the dead last week is the power that lives inside of you this week. Some of you feel so weak, and I, 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 I'm so sorry, but I came to remind you that Christ is your strength. He doesn't give you strength. He is strength. That means that you, he doesn't just give it to you when you need it. He is it at all times this is you don't have to take a strength pill for your soul like i'm not popping uh steroids for when i feel weak some human growth hormone some hgh you know i he is not a supplement for when you feel weak he is strong at all times the lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and they are saved man thank you for being my strength lord Thank you that I'm, it's not in my own strength. Thank you that I don't have to strive. Thank you that I don't have to exert effort. Thank you that I don't have to, 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 try to, to try to reach some sort of caloric goal when I'm trying to worship you. But instead, I can lean into your strength. Nobody will steal from a strong person. Have you noticed who gets pickpocketed? It's the scrawny kids. It's the little ones. It's the little kids that get, that get picked on. But if you come up in here strong, they, they won't touch you. And so I want to let you know when the devil tries to steal from you, Christ is showing his strength. He's displaying his strength. So do not let the devil take from you that which does not belong to him because you have a strong tower. You have a strong Savior. Not only is he, he is strength, you don't have to call on strength. You call on your Savior who is strong. There's a huge difference, huge difference. And when you get that, you'll have the peace that passes all understanding. Your mind will be renewed and you'll have strength. And the fourth one is this, is the thief of my day is no match for the one who made it. The thief of my day is no match for the one who made it. (laughs) Psalm 11, I mean, Psalm 118 24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. Now, you know this if you've been in church for five minutes. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The devil will try to steal something that Christ made, and he can't. Because the devil didn't make your day. The Lord made the day. Well, today is just not my day. You're right, it's the Lord's day. Oh, the devil got me today. No, he did not. The Lord made that day, and the devil cannot touch what the Lord made. It's interesting how it's only mysterious to someone who doesn't make it. Have you ever been to a restaurant and they say this is grandma's secret recipe? Do you know who it's not a secret to? Grandma. (laughs) Do you know why it's grandma's secret recipe? It's secret to you, but it's not secret to her. Do you know why? She made it. (laughs) So when you go through a day and you're wondering, why in the world is this happening to me? You have to look at the maker. The maker of your day is the Lord. The devil is not trying to take your day. The Lord already made your day. So when I look at a Tesla and I see all these videos online and and I see these, you know, supercharged Teslas and the big screen and all this, it's, it's a mystery to me. But if Elon Musk looks at a Tesla... It's not a mystery to him. You want to know why? He made it. And when you make something, there's no mystery to it. You know the end and the beginning. You know it forwards and backwards. When you make something, you know something. So you didn't make the day. The devil didn't make the day. But this is the day the Lord has made. And since he made it, I can now know that the devil cannot take what the Lord has made. (laughs) so do not let your heart be troubled do not let your soul be downcast do not hang your head low but instead lift your eyes to the hills where does my help come from my help comes from the lord the maker of what heaven and earth he not only makes your day but he made the dirt you live on in that day So the devil can't take anything that God has made. I'm preaching way better than this 9 a.m. crowd is shouting, but that's okay. I know that you at Apex are going buck wild, bringing money to the platform. It's only a mystery to the one who did not make it. So if you're going through a tough day today, just know that God has it in control. Steve Jobs has, it's no mystery. The, the, The founder of Apple, when he sees an iPhone, he's not like, What's inside that thing that I can't open up? It's not mysterious to him (laughs) because he made it. It's only mysterious to the ones who see it from the outside. And guess who didn't make your day? The devil. So you can't give him access to something he did not make. I am the gate, says the Lord. Come in and come out as free as you want. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came so that you could have a rich and satisfying life. You have to remind the devil of PTSD. Some would say that that stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. But I say it stands for peace, thoughts, strength, and day. You can't steal my peace. You can't steal my thoughts. You are not my strength, and you did not make this day. And he will begin to have thoughts of like, you're right. You serve the prince of peace who is the gate. You serve the one who renews your mind. You're right. He is your strength and shield. You're right. He did make today. Three and a half years ago, as John begins to play, um, we had this miracle moment happen between two churches. One church was planted five years prior, the other 30 years prior. One was planted under the name uh, RCC, and the other was planted under the name Focus Church. And about three and a half years ago or so, we merged two churches together. And as any new pastor, I had a lot of questions, why is this like that? How long has that been there? You know, why are they looking at me funny? How much do they hate me? How much do they hate me? Those kind of things that you ask. And in a boardroom, I, I I saw this Manila envelope one time, and it was uh, full of keys. And I said, uh, "What are those keys?" And they said, "Those are the keys to the facility here, at what is now called East Raleigh." And I said, "How many of those keys do you think?" Are out in the out in the open. And the reason I asked was because I had caught some kids playing basketball late at night and they said I had a key. So at the board meeting, I said, where'd you get all the where where are all these keys at? And according to our calculations, it's hundreds of keys out in the open over the past 30 years. Hundreds of keys had been issued with no real record of if they had been returned or not. The original locks were on the East Raleigh campus when when I got here. These were locks that were put in about the year that I was born. It was a mystery to me who could come and go because of how many keys had been handed out. So one of the first objectives as the pastor was to change the locks so that it was no longer a mystery about who had access to this facility. And I just wonder today how many of you have given access to the devil for 30 years, hundreds of times, hundreds of thoughts, hundreds of secrets, hundreds of, of, of intimate relationships with people who you were unequally yoked with, hundreds of text messages, hundreds of, uh, uh, of emails and, and flirtatious phone calls that you have given access to. And now you don't even know where the attack can come from because there are hundreds of keys in the wild. There are soul ties that serve as keys to your heart and they're everywhere. Everywhere. And one day at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm down there in the gym. And all of a sudden, I see some punk kid playing basketball on what's now my court. And I said, how'd you get in here? And he said, my dad used to be a board member. I said, your dad's not a board member anymore. Give me your keys. The very very first thing we bought with our year-end offering was that access control system. It's access control. It's actually called access control. I love that term. Because that's essentially what you need to put on your mind. is you It has to have controlled access as to who comes in and who comes out. Now, get this. I know which door everyone comes in. I know which door everyone comes out. I can shut off your key without you turning it back in. Because I have control of who has access. Now, I don't deal with that. The facilities guy does that. But essentially... As the landlord, when you've rented your apartment out and the, and the tenants change, it's a wise thing to change the locks. you got to change the locks of your thoughts. you got to change the locks to your soul. Who has access that you can't? You'll be reminded of something from, from years ago if you don't change the locks on your heart. And you gotta, you gotta change the locks, and you gotta say, you know what? The devil cannot come in because Jesus is now the door. And now that He's the door, now that He's the door, only those who He and I grant access to can come inside. I change the locks. When I change the locks. I no longer am nervous because I have a renewed sense of peace. Do you, I'm not worried about finding someone playing basketball at 3 o'clock in the morning anymore. You wanna know why? Because we know who has the keys. We know how many keys are out in the wild now. And if we have a key out in the wild and somebody goes rogue or threatens to come in when they're not supposed to, it just takes a bloop. Access denied. Access denied. Why? I can only deny access when I control who can come in and out. So you got to put an access control system on your soul today. You need to say, I'm changing the locks of my thoughts. I'm changing the locks of my heart. I'm changing the locks of these hands. These hands will not go where they used to go. These feet will not go where they used to go. This mind will not wonder where it used to wander. I am the landlord of my renewed mind, and I came to change the locks. And when the locks are changed, I have access control. So I am giving control to God. I'm giving access only to God and nobody else. At both of our locations, would you just stand to your feet? Would you just stand to your feet? When I change the locks, when I change the locks, I have a renewed sense of strength. I am in access control. Before you leave today, I just want to give a call to salvation by reading Revelation 3, 9, 19, 20 through 22. It says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Repentance isn't a very popular word in church culture these days, but it is a real act that every believer and pre-Christian, someone who's about to be a Christian, should partake in. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I won't be mad at you. I'm not going to be angry with you. I'm not going to shed my wrath upon you. But instead, I am going to come and commune with you at a table. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I love a communal God. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, access control, repent, believe, let him into your life, and you could sit on the throne. As I was victorious I, and sat down with my father on his throne, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God is at your door today, and if he is not the door, He is at your door knocking to become the door. And it's time to change the locks. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor Mike, I'm struggling with my thoughts and I need to change the locks. You've never been saved before, but you want to be. You've never given your life to Christ, but you want to today. If that's you at both of our locations right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, I want to change the locks and give my life to Christ. This is for non-believers. This is for someone who does not know the Lord. You've never been saved. You've never been saved before, but you want to be. You came to the right place today at both of our locations right now. I want to pray for you. But Before I pray for you, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. And that's just to raise your hand high up in the air. Raise your hand high up in the air. Say, I want to give my life to Christ. Praise God right here. Praise God. Anybody else? At both of our locations, you can raise your hand. Praise God. Anyone else? Let me see it high enough so that I can see it. High enough so that I can see it. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Now, for those of you that just prayed that prayer. I just want you to repeat after me and everyone in the room. For the sake of those that just prayed that prayer, just just made that decision, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I repent of my sins. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I give you my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Come on. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This ministry is made possible because of the generosity of so many people like you. To partner with us, you can click the link in our description or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe now or share it with a friend. For more inspirational content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash focuschurch. Join us next week for another incredible message.